0: All right. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website, nerdappropriate.com. This is episode 356, which is crazy. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Ash. And just go jump in like you're a host.
1: Oh, hi. Oh, hi. And I'm Mylan. I am um, guest starring this week. <laughs> <Guess> <laughs> I have a limited run. <laughs> guest
0: starring. Guest starring. I love it.
1: <laughs> Not
2: guest hosting, guest starring. Guest starring. Yeah. Yeah. Guest starring this week. Mylan Fitzwater Barrows is the co-host. So how are you guys doing?
0: You know, it's a okay. kind of uh, weird question right now. <laughs> I know.
2: Seriously. Uh, yeah, we've been locked up since March. How about you guys? Have you guys been going yeah. anywhere?
1: Five months. Nope. No, nope.
2: nope. oh, it's it's weird and rough. There's like a lot of like periodically like i'm generally okay because i've been a hermit for like my whole life but yeah. <laughs> but my wife yeah, will like lo- <laughs> my wife will look at me and be like just start crying and i'll be like what's wrong she's like i haven't gone anywhere since march and I'm, like, yeah yeah it's freaking ridiculous and and terrible but i feel like you know those of us that are staying home are, are doing the right thing um you know not going out and licking everything in
0: sight as
1: yeah i just lick things do. in my house yeah <laughs>
0: yeah probably good advice in general yeah i
1: mean you keep your germs to yourself yeah Yeah.
0: pandemic or not Mm uh yeah do you guys have friends that are starting to seemingly break quarantine just out of boredom at this point
2: yeah i think so there's people that have like developed pods that i know and their pods Mm -hmm. are like uh of of like a hundred people. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's like a like clearly uncontrollable yeah, number of people. Yeah, it's involved. like
2: a hundred person pod and they all still go to work. So it's like, Oh, that's yeah. not a thing. You're just, like you're just
0: not, you're just not doing it. <laughs> that's,
2: that's basically fine. your life prior to all of this, that you're yeah. just going back
0: to. You which, just uh,
1: complain about having to like be restricted slightly. Instead yeah, of, yeah, Right. You're just kind
0: yeah. of annoyed on occasion when you're, yeah, at, not, you can't go to the bar, you know, like that's the only thing you've eliminated from your life is. Going out and drinking at night.
2: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's quickly, I'll do Scott's part. So this week, we're going to be talking about uh, what we've been playing and watching. Uh, we haven't done a, a proper episode like this in uh, a while. So we'll probably, I don't know, this one might go long. It might not. Who knows? We're going to be talking about Owl House on uh, Disney XD, soon to be Disney Plus, I believe. Uh, the rumored Lando series. Uh, which is going to be coming to Disney Plus as well. Uh, more Disney. This is all Disney Plus. Disney yeah, Plus What did show. you do?
0: Just go to Disney's PR yeah, blog and just write I down know, some news?
2: No. So uh, news about M- Mulan coming, of course, to Disney Plus and the price tag attached to it. Uh, some game news with Halo Infinite and uh, stuff you guys probably saw about the last Blockbuster becomes an Airbnb. But there's like a little caveat there oh, that yeah. we'll talk about that I'm kind of bummed about. Uh, And then, of course, what we're playing and watching, uh, I watched Umbrella Academy Season 2, so I'll talk a little bit about that, spoiler-free, because I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Uh, I played a little indie title called Teenage Blob, which comes out actually tomorrow, which is the 13th of August. Um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which uh, I don't know what that is. It's a true crime on HBO.
1: Ooh. It's based on a book.
2: I love that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Old Guard on Netflix, which I, I saw as well, which I enjoyed. Uh, Babysitter's Club. I remember those books. Um, I did not read them, but I remember them very well from elementary school. So now it is a Netflix series, right? Is that my yes, card? Netflix yep. show. And yep. Muppets Now. So we've we got a lot to talk about. This is going to yeah. be a good one. Um, you guys need a break? Or you just want to dive in. Start just talking let's some news. Let's I'm ready. Do All right. So new stuff. Uh, first thing was this Lando series, which is uh, – essentially it's reality there's so many people so many sources that have said this is real all over the place including hollywood reporter
0: and stuff but to be clear uh, you mean that the show is going to be real the show not yes. that it's a reality show no
2: <laughs> the reality landed series it. oh <laughs> <laughs> floating in space well that would make i would watch the hell out of that
0: uh but apparently uh billy d williams and donald glover have both both. Oh man they should make a scripted fake reality show set in uh cloud city wow oh, this is this is good they should like do a this. time
1: travel like he meets himself from the past and the future and then they play guitar and a picture disappears <laughs> wait yeah.
0: now we're adding things i wait. love this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're layering <but> sure <laughs> i but mean apparently... what else would they do
2: right apparently this show is uh going to be just from rumors and speculation uh billy d kind of telling about his adventures uh and donald glover of course being young billy d williams young lando uh, going oh so it's in... like
1: the wonder years
2: yeah it's like the wonder years but lando and i'm 100 uh, yes. on board yeah donald glover oh, is a genius
1: that they're remaking the wonder years too
0: i did see that yeah. i forget who's They're attached. remaking a lot of there's a lot of stuff getting remade right now yeah, yeah. but
1: there was something interesting about that anyway that's not what about we're talking wonder about years? Mm-hmm.
2: yeah i don't remember there was a little like uh i believe it's i think it's modern right it's modern wonder years
1: oh it's with the black family that's what it is it with is Lou daniels yep
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's going to be uh yeah yeah. if it's set in modern times it's going to (laughs) be oh no
1: terrible things are happening to the world they're like our age thinking about our childhood which is weird yeah okay it is weird so wonder years in cloud city yes the elevator pitch for lando
2: (laughs) (laughs) no but i'm i'm pretty stoked on this if it's uh you know lando and we get to see more you know, and they're going to be using the same technology they use in The Mandalorian. They've already kind of hinted at that because uh, that, that whole setup that they built to film Mandalorian is yeah, really fantastic next level stuff that allows them to shoot you know, any kind of environment they can really think of uh, with minimal stagecraft and, and
0: things like with that. With so one basically- whole actor not there right yeah they just <laughs> yeah yeah just suit somebody else up and pipe his voice in yeah there you And go.
1: adorable puppets it's true. Just the cutest it puppets true. you ever saw yeah
2: <laughs> anyway i'm excited about this uh obviously we're probably not going to see this until like 2022 at this rate uh everything is continually delayed so we're probably yeah. not even going to get that. i think they're just starting to shoot the um the uh Rogue One spinoff, the Cassian Andor series, they're just now Did starting that get, to...
0: That they're moving that forward? That, I didn't yeah. they actually decided to do it.
2: Yeah, they're moving that forward but I think they're just now, you know, really starting to get moving on it, but it's still happening so we're still getting more Star Wars it's just slow. Everything. Yeah. Well, slow. Well, they're
1: doing some really interesting things now with film production. I have a lot of friends who work in Hollywood and you know what they're doing with quarantining and zoning I don't know if y'all have been following any of this yeah. but you know there's like special zones that you have to stay to um, if you interact with actors or people who have to have no masks you have a certain color wristband and then of course the rest of the crew has a different colored wristband and they all have to wear masks everybody's getting tested all the time and and, and quarantining so it's really interesting to see how they're like figuring out how to continue to do you know, production.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Downstairs neighbor is a, is a production artist and works on like stage design and stuff. And Mm -hmm. he had mixed reads on how well it's going here right now, but (laughs) it does seem like they're, they're attempting to adjust and do things. I think one of the complaints was like the safety guy that rolled in and granted, this was not like full blown production. This was like, uh, they're doing some work that didn't have nobody else was on stage. It was just the production artist, but, um, their safety guy was like, just like an old New York ex construction guy who's like, Oh, right, like rolled in smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <He was laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know, we'll see, but yeah. it'll be interesting. I mean, it, I think it's just going to be a lot of stop start for the next however long. We're going to see productions get rolling and then we're going to see some get stopped halfway through and maybe some others that actually get to shoot and get all the way through a season or a movie or whatever they're making. But yeah. It's interesting to see them at least attempt to adjust. It does seem like some of these rules are just like decent rules to, again to just have pandemic or not, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. take care of each other on set.
2: I think we're going to see a lot of these rules carry over forever. I mean, it, that's yeah. going to be not to get too much into pandemic talk, but how can you not, um, you know, just the way everything runs and operates. You're going to see a lot less hugs, a lot less high fives, yeah. a lot less sharing mm-hmm. of drinks and lot less mega conventions with people shoulder to shoulder yeah um uh, i think for a while i think people are going to be very reluctant to kind of head back into that sort of stuff which is weird uh let's talk about owl house because i'm very curious about this series and i've been really Mm -hmm. waiting to watch it till i can sit down and watch it all at once so what do you have to tell us Mylan?
1: yeah so owl house has disney's first queer lead character which is really exciting. Um, Luz, voiced by Sarah Nicole Robles, and the show was created by Dana Terrace, and she recently came out and said that the character is bisexual and she's bisexual, and this was an important thing for her to put into the show. And so I think that's really exciting. Um, right now, yeah. it's just on XD, but it will be coming to Disney Plus.
0: So which is eventually,
1: cool. we can all watch it.
0: That's cool. It's, it's exciting. Expected. I think it's big that it's Disney. As weird as that might sound, I think it's important and crazy that it's Disney doing it uh, above, you know, Netflix or even, you know, Hulu title or something like that. I don't know. There's there's just something along with that brand pushing that kind of uh, character feels important or more important, I guess, or adds weight to it.
1: Well, I think that like they've had they've been the subject of a lot of lobbying for the past few years about Elsa and um so i think that like that probably had something to do with them allowing something like this yeah you know there's interest there's the people want to have um queer representation people want to see themselves on screen they want to see the diversity so i i don't know i think it's really interesting i think it's really cool that they're doing it also friend of the show sissy jones is a guest star on this series she plays lilith so keep an ear out for her beautiful beautiful voice that's That's cool
0: so it's premiering right now on xd on regular cable and it's moving to disney plus
2: sometime soon yeah the the general premise of this show forgive me if i get it wrong isn't it it's about like a school for wizards or am i completely wrong (laughs)
1: So I I've only That's been able Harry to watch Potter Ash. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. So There's this something. girl gets a letter from an owl. Um, <laughs> Sounds so fascinating. I've only been able to watch the pilot, which I believe is still free on YouTube. Um, but they, um, it's on yeah, it's on regular cable, and I cut the cord a few years ago, so yeah. I'm not sure. But um, I she like goes through dimensions and meets some magical people, and so it's you know. Magic, as far as I magic, know. space, it's travel, magic-ish. good stuff. Cool. Yeah.
2: Very cool. Um, what's the, the age, like the general, you think it's for like 10 and up is, a, is a good, good age or is it for teens? Like a lot of these cartoons, you honestly can't tell. Like, like if you watch something like, you know, I was just talking about Thundercats World. like there's jokes that are for middle-aged people <laughs> and then there's like obviously <laughs> art and action that are for, it's for children. So where does it kind of fit in, in that regard, do you think?
1: It's TVY7. Okay. Um, okay. FV. What does that stand for? Fantasy violence. Thank you. Okay. It is. Why do I have
0: all these programmed in my brain? (laughs) I I don't know, know, but I can rip them off if you want.
1: I love it. Oh, here's the, here's the little, the little blurb. A teenager finds herself stuck in the demon realm and battles the forces of evil alongside a rebellious witch and a pint-sized warrior.
2: Uh, That sounds something like my kid would love. He's all about demons and the forces of darkness. You it's know. a little dark,
1: but if he's into demons, <laughs> oh, I think he's, he's probably
0: good. Oh, yeah. oh, Are there yeah. any villains for him to latch on to oh, as the yeah. main character?
2: Yeah, he had me draw the the Mumra's ancient spirits of evil <laughs> this morning, so
0: I had to draw all four <laughs> ancient spirits of evil before <laughs> breakfast.
2: Draw the ancient spirits of evil. Okay.
0: This we... is a complete okay. tangent, but it's mildly related, but my daughter is completely hooked on uh, Minnie's, Minnie Mouse's mini boutique right now. It's this little, like, They're like three minute episodes of Minnie Mouse. They're perfect for children with ADD who have their own iPad at 19 months. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and there's an episode where they make a show me the money joke. Like she says, (laughs) she said the, the bird says, show me, show me the bunny is what she says, but it's a show me the money joke. And Melissa was like, No kid's going to get that. And I made her very sad because I went, Melissa, we're on the edge of getting that. Like, there's parents who definitely don't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There are parents of kids watching Minnie's Boutique who are like, that was a joke. What's the joke? (laughs) Because Jerry Maguire is what, like, 95? Yeah, I was going to say something.
1: Anyways. I mean, you don't remember
0: let's... an old Cuba Gooding Junior catchphrase <laughs> from the nineties? <90s? laughs> I was like I was like, we're old parents. There's definitely parents that have no idea what this joke is. They're yeah.
1: parents of teenagers who wouldn't yeah. that joke. Yeah. The, you know the, it's it's amazing though what kids learn from shows. Um, mm. I have a six year old and he started saying, Oh, snap. Like, all the time. <laughs> now, now I'm not sure where he got it from. He does watch a lot of TV while we're working. He also has started doing this thing. It's very disturbing. Okay, so I was on the show, what, a couple months ago yeah. um, talking about Animal Crossing. And, and I, I was sharing an island with him. Mm-hmm. Um, got him a switch light for his birthday. Moved him to his own island. It was the best <laughs> money I ever spent. It was it was complicated. I played after he went to bed for like two weeks to get him his island up to the 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 standard that he was accustomed because he's not like <laughs> he can't do all of the stuff like all the things where you have to like build all of the crap for the individual right yeah. residents and all that mm-hmm. business where he's just like whatever I just want to like I don't know decorate my house in this bizarre way. <laughs> But so he has started getting up in the middle of the night and going downstairs and watching YouTube Let's Plays. Oh, (laughs) man. Animal Crossing.
2: That's Danger Zone. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's he's only watching Animal Crossing. Well, no.
1: Then it jumps and then he's like in Minecraft. Then he's in Paper Mario. And he's like Mm. talking to me about like how... If something happens with the TV, it's glitching. And I'm just like, what is happening? I don't know. And we have these conversations where I'm like, listen, you know, you can watch the guy that we like. Like, there's one streamer who we love, Tag Back TV. He's darling. He does these, like, he goes to other people's islands and is delighted um, and, like, always pays respects to all the turtles on the island. It's very <laughs> cute, by the way. It's like, but then I'm like, you have to, you could watch the guy we like, but not all these other people. And he's yeah. just like, I don't know if they're recommended. <laughs> And what am i supposed to do i have like the parental lock on it but like
0: yeah it's hard because i mean it's that recommended part of youtube for for somebody managing a kid watching youtube is like nightmare town oh yeah it is so hard to manage and they constantly filter new things and uh we i mean this is not probably appropriate for either well maybe ash's kid but six is probably on the border but we use the youtube kids app for for our, my daughter and like we have that thing limited down to like five things that it's allowed to like feed into her because it gets weird fast even well, in the kids app it's just like immediately something that you're like I don't want her watching this what is this crap and like trying to get it off of there
1: yeah when when Seamus was holidays age there was this huge scandal about YouTube kids where they were mm. like even that wasn't locked down and you'd have like two minutes of normal Mickey Mouse and then all of a sudden they rip all their skin off and like start yeah. attacking each other with axes <laughs> and stuff and it's yeah just, like, yeah yeah, and I think they've locked out. It like seems okay, so I'm like, do I shut off the internet in the middle of the night? Do Maybe. I? But it brings him so much joy, and it seems okay, and he's not you, acting. Maybe you that could meter way.
0: it in the middle of the night. You could set your router up to be like 30 minutes yeah. of YouTube, and that'll absolutely backfire on you when you're trying to watch YouTube one night. But yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> well, and the problem is, like, if I if I do that, then he's gonna come wake me up, mommy. And the internet's down. <laughs> so what do I pick? Like, yeah,
0: what's the thing you're okay with? yeah yeah i don't I, know i love how you
2: and your name on zoom island you have like a little how to pronounce it next to it <laughs> did someone like this is me lean <laughs> like, oh, what, what happened you to all
1: you? don't even want to know what all the different pronunciations <laughs> oh, sure. like marlin marilyn merlin is my favorite
2: merlin, yeah. Merlin.
1: um yeah which i probably should just change my name to that but no i was in a i went to a virtual writers conference um during quarantine like I've been to two of them with this one group and I met this woman who had her name uh, phonetically written and I was just like yes that's this makes sense it does I feel make like, a lot
2: of sense actually
1: yeah it's set that way so I didn't just write it in for you guys because I no. don't know if you all remember how to say my name but I think so yeah it's
0: gonna be amazing if I butcher this right now but Somali was the same way uh Sue Montano, I think is her last name that we used to talk to. Her Twitter name mm-hmm. used to be Sue Molly. And then when we <laughs> met her, she was like, No, it's it's spelled like S U M. I don't remember the full spelling. But she was like, I was butchered so commonly by literally everyone that she was like, I'm just gonna spell it phonetically and move on with life. <laughs> like, I, <don't> care <laughs> mm-hmm. I should probably put
1: it on Twitter. So on on my Zoom I have my pronunciation and my pronouns. And yeah. I just feel like my pronouns are she, her, but I feel like especially with people who present similarly to what their pronouns are. It's mm. important for us to put those out. So that's what I'm doing.
2: I agree. I'm I just noticed. I hear you. Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm excited for Owl house. That's what we were still talking about. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Okay. We 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 went on a rant about kids we programming. We haven't talked to because... each other in six
0: years. I know, I know. I know. So Time is meaningless.
2: Honestly, we could probably do like a, a whole podcast just about children's programming because I've become <laughs> like a connoisseur of children's programming. Oh my but... god. Yep. Yeah, and there's yep. there's definitely great, and there's definitely awful. So yeah,
0: there so is like opinions. actually some legitimately good at all different ages. There are some legitimately good, like defining shows that I think yes. help children grow and learn and see things and like. Then there is just pile. And then there's some of the stuff that I actually think is fine For children of certain ages that, that's also just Fun and it's not necessarily like Meant to teach lessons But man there's a lot of just absolute Like yeah. candy bad, trash bad out stuff. there That just yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. isn't worth anything at all Indeed yep. uh, Let's jump on over
2: to some more Disney stuff and talk about uh, the, the late, I know This is just a Disney podcast uh, The latest news about Mulan coming home so it's dropping <laughs> uh dropping next month. I don't have the date written down, but it's coming pretty soon. Yeah. And uh how is it, it next is being released. It's September. It's it's like early
1: September though.
2: Fourth or something like that, I believe. I
1: think it is.
2: Um we'll find it and say it somewhere in here. But anyway, it's releasing in theaters, and I'm using finger quotes in theaters and on digital at the same time. And the way it's being released digitally is through Disney Plus at a price tag so you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber and then you pay $30 and you unlock Mulan in your Disney Plus account that you can watch as many times as you'd like so the internet is uh, sort of torn about this uh, sort of release model Uh, I'm kind of curious what you guys think
0: I'm torn in two ways I'm torn in a few ways yeah. Wait, let me yeah. let me say the many different feelings I have about this. On the one hand, uh, I am happy that the movie industry is moving forward and attempting to find ways to get movies in front of people without a th- necessarily a, a classical theater experience. Right. So like we are stuck right now. There are many people who don't have theaters they can even go to that aren't even open and you know movies are expensive to make so it's like i get that it's not just free so i'm excited that there are many places and they're not the only ones there's a lot of movies kind of doing this and trying this a lot of different public or uh, distributors trying to see how this might work um i find it super interesting that you have to have disney plus and i'm willing to bet this is my and i don't i didn't read the release on this so i'm not sure but my bet is that you won't be able to buy it through your iPhone or Apple TV or Android device. You probably have to go online and buy it through the web to unlock it for $30 because they likely don't want to give Apple that money. <laughs> Cause it's 30% mm-hmm. of a purchase goes to the, whether Google or Apple, it doesn't matter. So be willing to bet that that's the way it is. It might not be, who knows, but I'm, it wouldn't be surprising. Uh, and then my third feeling is that like, I'm I'm very okay with this from smaller distributors trying to get movies out in front of people that want to charge me $10 to watch a new movie or 15 or even 20 for like, depending on what movie it is. And like, you know, we I think we can start getting into a world where like a game has a $40 game and a $70 game or whatever we might start seeing like $10 releases straight to digital that we can get day of that. They might be in theater, that kind of thing, because they're not, you know, these huge, massive budget movies. They're smaller, you know indie feel or smaller movies what bugs me about this one is that it's a like the third richest corporation in the world (laughs) charging 30 dollars through their subscription service to watch a movie day of release that's going to go to theaters also and is likely i think they said to go to theaters in china the second largest market market for movies in the world and it feels a little like that's not a super fair price (laughs) on top of me already paying like if it was $30 if you were going to buy it through iTunes and then it was $15 to unlock it through Disney Plus this would be a completely different discussion but walling it behind your app and charging more than you would pay anywhere else and then to also be very clear this is a thought I have on every digital release you're not buying the movie you're renting it for as long as that movie is allowed to be in the catalog like if you buy a movie on amazon you don't own that movie you own a right to watch that movie for as long as amazon has that movie in its catalog and that's the same for everything we're lucky in the sense that like itunes and amazon keeps all their stuff in catalog for a generally long time but Mm -hmm. all of us probably clearly remember when i think it was all the marvel movies just vanished out of amazon's catalog overnight for a week until people lost their shit so much that they put them back in the catalog because they had purchased these movies for, like, 15 and $20, and then it was just gone. Like, it, they just didn't own it anymore. Mm-hmm. So those are my many different feelings on this. I think it's – I like the model. Like, I like the notion of the model of, like, getting movies into homes quicker for a price because I don't mind paying for things, especially good things and things that I'd like, you know – I, I don't live in a world where I think everything should be free or everything should be included in my $5 a month subscription or whatever. Like that's, I think that's bonkers to think that, but at the same time, this feels weird. This feels less than normal. What about you? Milan? that was really good.
2: I'll chime <laughs> in at good. the end. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> absorbing information, but I have, I have thoughts too, but what about you, Milan? Any, any different sort of takes on it?
1: Yeah. So I pretty much agree with Matt all the way around. Um, i also the other thing that really bugs me is why milan why (laughs) an asian female story where it's like they're then then they're gonna say oh well it didn't make enough money and it's because it was an asian female lead instead of the fact that they charged you 30 dollars on top of your monthly subscription Mm -hmm. it's like that that's the thing that for me really gets me right because it's just like why couldn't they do it with you know a white black widow super male. <laughs> no not black widow either yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well wb did it with birds of prey that was the first one they released and i mm-hmm. don't ever remember any blowback on it but it was the same thought then it was like oh of course you're gonna release the the like all female you yeah. know quirky superhero movie and then be like oh well it didn't do well so i guess we won't do this for any other movies you know
1: or yeah. we won't make any more female-led movies It's yeah. it's that stuff where it's like it just feels weird that it's Mulan. I though am very excited to see this movie because I loved the original. I thought it was fantastic, mm-hmm. and I think that it'll be really fun. I loved what they did with um, Aladdin. I thought that was really fun. I wasn't yeah. wasn't ready for. I haven't seen um, Lion King because like I don't want to traumatize my child. But we loved <laughs> Aladdin. And I thought Lion they King, did a King really felt like a
0: weird time. choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... I mean. The story to begin with. Yeah. Anyway, the story to begin with. But then like it's live action, but it's lions. I don't get it. It's fine. But <laughs> I'm lot here for it. Yeah. I will be I- paying the money the day that it comes out.
0: I mean, I guess like, I don't know, it's sort of like all of their old animated movies were pretty heavy, you know, so it's oh, like, really, yeah,
2: it's hard to show my four year old some of the some of the uh, older ones there. Yeah, there's always something really tragic in the first 20 minutes.
1: It's not something really tragic. It's a dead parent. It's yeah,
0: it's always 90% of always, the time. It's a dead. parent. I don't
1: want to explain to my child like
0: Mulan's a dead parent, though, to too, be isn't? prepared. Oh, die, like within.
1: Oh, probably. I don't remember that of part. Yeah, yeah. Yes, probably. Yes. What's up uh, with the dead parents? That's that, that's lazy no. storytelling. There's other, there's other trauma, other there are things other...
2: to be sad about.
1: Can children just like lose their shoes or yeah. like get locked out of the house or something? Shing- where it's, like, shingles. Yes.
2: <laughs> Prolapse rectum. <laughs> okay, I mean...
1: Ash. so what do you think? What do you think of, of the uh, model? Okay, so I
2: I. I... agree with you guys as well i think it's it's uh there's some things that are really unfortunate about it like the movie that they chose to do this with i do think that this is a a good model for the future i like the idea that there's going to be um you know movies released uh that would come out in the theaters release at home the price tag doesn't bother me that much the fact that you know you can watch it as many times as you'd like and i was talking in slack with matt and scott this afternoon i was like hey when i used to go to the movies with lincoln and my wife we would drop 50 bucks no problem and that's just a you know a two-hour experience and we'd be done and granted you're not getting that same experience watching it at home you don't get to go to the movies and sit in the cool chairs and and things have of people that talk behind
1: you and have yeah, yeah throw popcorn true that's the Depending that's on the a theater. Nightmare.
2: Right. there are group theaters out there <laughs> there are <laughs> but um I, it is weird having to pay a subscription fee for disney plus and then and then have to pay an additional yeah. chunk of money on top but the thing that terrifies me is you're seeing a lot of um fantastic films like old guard and, and yeah. things of that nature on netflix without charging mm-hmm. <laughs> an additional fee on top of i just don't want netflix to be like oh like if they can charge you know piecemeal I don't don't feel like
0: I don't feel like Netflix will go that way it's just not Netflix's model like I don't know that they care Netflix's whole thing is that they just want Netflix is like they're they're different models like Disney I don't think of this is going to sound insane because they absolutely are a content mill but I don't think of Disney as a content mill I think of Disney as a curated Disney experience if you will and I think of Netflix as how much stuff can we jam out at you and keep your eyeballs on our app like they just want to make sure that you are engaged once a month so that you don't think you can cancel that app and move on with your life. Whereas Disney, I feel like Disney's already made the sale. Like they've already, you've already bought in. If you're going to have Disney+, Plus, you're already a Disney fan. So like they're more curating a thing. I think what bothers me about it is that it's, you know, like it's just it's just the wrong price for a paywalled Piece of content. It, it just unless the only reason I would cut them slack here is if you can buy it through Apple TV as a single time purchase. The thirty dollars starts to make a little bit more sense because they're losing ten of those dollars immediately. They're just they go to Apple, no questions asked. You know, so I don't know. I, I like like you were saying. I think the model is. I think I like the notion of getting stuff in houses quicker.
1: Yes, it makes sense. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with this. I'm just glad we're starting to see, um, you know, studios starting to come around and be like, okay, well, we have to release this in some way, shape, or form. We're like, we don't necessarily really want people to go sit in movie theaters right now because it's really not safe. Now, that's not all. I mean, (laughs) I'm cutting them some slack by saying that because I'm sure there are a lot of people that yeah don't give a shit. But I think, you know, uh, the the movie going American public does not seem that willing to rush back to theaters right now.
0: So I will also tag on my little, which I've said, I think a thousand times on this podcast, these licensing rights have to change. Like it is, it's insane that if you buy this thing for $30 and they can tell you right now, you can watch it as many times as you want. It's yours. It's your movie. It'll be in our service for you. And yes, it's Disney and it's Disney plus it's very likely that this movie will sit there for literally ever that you can watch it. But like you are only renting a license from them. You are you do not in any way own this content. And it just blows my mind that we would pay what you would go pay at Best Buy for a Blu-ray, you know, or more really, to borrow a title digitally from Disney. Like it, it's cheaper for them to do it this way. Like all things are cheaper for them and we're paying a price that we wouldn't pay if we walked into Blockbuster or Blockbuster, Best Buy tomorrow man, and do it. Now, like that being said... I kind of just ruined my own thing because Blockbuster and, and those—the way you used to rent movies was Blockbuster bought those titles for like fricking ninety or two hundred dollars yeah. per physical item, and then you rented it for three bucks or whatever. But that's so dead and gone that like I don't even feel like it's part of the conversation anymore. Digital's sure. changing it; just needs to be a real license that you own.
1: Do you all remember the vault, the Disney vault? Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> we still have a few of those VHSs floating around.
1: And they would say they were like, "You need to buy this VHS before it goes back in the vault." What yeah. if they put the new Milan in the vault? What happens then?
0: <laughs> what will happen is like, yeah, you would lose it, right? Yeah. But like, yeah. also, what's really going to happen is you're going to buy this for thirty dollars, and a month later, it's going to be free on the surface. Oh, they
2: already said it's going to go to Disney Plus by end of year. So, yeah, like it, it's yeah. just
0: it's just a weird, it's a weird model for them to do on their service. It's a normal model for them to do through all the other distributors. It's weird yeah. through them.
1: Yes, that's the problem. Because, you know, and $30 is high, but I also think about, you know, it's like same as release date. And Mm -hmm. I think about how much babysitters cost. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't sound that expensive. No, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. I agree with you both on that uh
2: so we'll see uh if you are listening and you plan on picking this up just reach out on twitter at nerdappropriate and let us know i'm curious if any of our listeners are gonna buy mulan we might buy it uh we might have a movie night at home i think that could be fun and that's something i hope you know continues in the future i'd like to see new releases at home because i'm not going back to the theater anytime soon yeah definitely not taking that uh, russian vaccine that'll turn you into a (laughs) goblin or whatever <laughs> um, let's talk about halo infinite being delayed uh does anybody oh, not care
0: bloodlines too we're not going to talk about vampire masquerade blood oh did too. that get delayed yeah, too both oh, to
2: 2021 yeah uh do you see? So the only thing that's really a news story about this is obviously this means that uh, halo infinite is not going to be a release title for xbox series right. x do you think that is a huge deal uh, do you think the Xbox Series X is going to sell any like what's the what's the you know the system seller for that now um, I'm kind of just curious what your thoughts are on this getting pushed Milo take dude. care
1: I I don't really have really any thoughts I mean okay. well I was just sitting here thinking do we what's the release date release date for the console it's not Uh,
0: announced yet but they said november right so maybe they push it too maybe they push to
1: 2021 i don't
0: think they'll push the console because the ps5 is rushing out too they'll probably just try to nail them both yeah i mean to be fair like halo infinite getting pushed sucks because that's been a release title for them since xbox essentially but at the same time like both of the consoles announced like I don't even know how many games coming out oh, at it's launch. Crazy. Like it's, it's an insane amount of games. So it's not like there's a lack of content with Halo not coming with it. It's just sad if you're like a Halo fan and an Xbox fan because it's, that's usually what you would get with a new console.
2: I think the reason also I threw this in as a news story is this is another result of uh, internet reactions sort of... Uh, resulting in major changes and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Uh a lot oh, of people were they mad
0: that it doesn't look good enough or something or Yes,
2: so a lot of the screenshots and footage that they showed during the the Xbox event, people said that it looked not even current gen, that it looked last gen not and the shadows were bad and it looked terrible and then a million memes popped up uh based on the the screenshots that were released and people look, have just I'm been playing the
0: game. <laughs> We should turn the internet on just so people can download our podcast, and then turn it immediately back off because nobody <laughs> needs the internet. It's, the, it's a mistake. We, we all say made this a mistake. A lot. Yes, the internet is a mistake. <laughs> um, I
2: don't disagree with you. That's the terrible thing. And I, I, do. I use the internet. You do?
1: I super do think, disagree with you.
2: Do you think more good has been uh, has been a
0: result of the internet than
1: bad? For me personally, yes. I don't know about yes. anybody <laughs> else. It's been amazing well, for me. I think well, there's too. plenty of good yeah. from
0: the internet. I think that I think that we we don't need to get in the internet. I'm sorry I have said that. Uh, I have no, deep thoughts about the problems of the internet and when it yes, started. Yes, it's
1: it's a problem with humanity. It's not a problem with the internet. It's not the it's not it's the users. It's not the actual. Yes, but the users are being played. It.
0: Like everybody's being played. No, they're horrible psychology. people. There are no, tons
1: of horrible is, people out there. This is who a, are on the internet. This is a uh, bunch know. of
0: psychologists who have learned how to hack human brains. Uh... <laughs> wow, <laughs> I want to hear more about that. Listen, I mean, I'll get I into
1: think, it. I think, that there are, I think that there are a lot of really great people on the internet. And I think there are a lot of people who <laughs> use the internet as a shield. Yeah. To, because, you know, it's a, it's really easy to be horrible on the internet. It's a lot easier to do that than to somebody's face. You know, sure, you're yeah. You're much more protected. It's an equalizer in a way that's good and bad.
2: I I, think I, I don't I, disagree with that. I, I don't disagree.
0: Right. I think that the, this is my, my feeling is that the internet of old was fantastic, that the commercialization and the socialization of the internet has been the downfall of the internet. Like it just
1: makes you sound old,
0: man. <laughs> I know it does, and I'm totally fine with it. There's I'm no good music. It's
1: like all the all the good music's already been made. All the new bands are terrible. No, I
0: love good. I love all music. <laughs> There's plenty of good music coming out. Uh, no, I, I just you know, I mean, like, look, Twitter and Instagram, Twitter which I love, but Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all of those were created to make you addicted to the, using those things. They they play with the psychology of the person on them. They, they're like intentional and purposeful yes. in what they're doing. Sure. And that I think is what we think reveals what are true monsters and what I would argue are just people who get played. They're just people that are getting gamed by a system that's built to only have black and white opinions and like, you know, a a system of I won by getting more likes and retweets than you did. Like, that's just how it works.
1: I think you take away a lot of people's agency by saying that. And I think that a lot of people are purposely hateful. Yeah. And it's not because they got played. It's because they have the cover Of not having to look somebody in the face and say it
0: I think that yes I don't I'm not saying that people aren't shitty there there are people who are shitty and I think that that we have seen it get sped up by the sense of what the internet provides which is anonymity but I don't actually think people are as anonymous as they used to be and they still appear to be being, being very shitty And it's, like, people being shitty to people they do see, like, a day later. So it's clearly something else is breaking down here beyond just I'm a troll behind... That That notion of, like, I'm a troll doing it for the lulls, I think, still exists to a heavy (laughs) degree, but but has faded quite a bit. And we're now just seeing people just openly being shitty to each other who know each other and who are online all the time together and also in person together. And it's just a weird, if we've created a very weird system for ourselves to communicate.
1: And that's a social thing that I think has happened where it has become okay to be horrible to people, even in person, you know, because I do feel like when the internet first started, it was very much like you would say something to somebody that you wouldn't say to their face because they might punch you in the face. And like, and now it's like, it's, 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 I don't know, social norms have changed so much that anyway, We could talk about this for. We can,
0: and I'll totally. This will be the next podcast, just Mylan and I talking about. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, listen I'll listen intently i'll listen <laughs> intently I, look <laughs> like I, I think that finding your niche on the internet is great and i think if you find good communities on the internet those are wonderful and i think that's that's the old internet to me like that's the old internet still existing to me like yeah. the old internet was a bunch of weird communities that you found your way into and you talked to them and you had fun and you shared and you did all this stuff and it felt safe and good and like i think those things still exist i just think that we've we've also layered on these like absolute predatory companies that, that are out there to push you into using their service and be shitty to each other. They don't care because they just want interaction. Like that's the whole goal. The goal isn't whether you engage well on Facebook. They just want your eyeballs on the page, getting fed ads and like they're going to feed you more ads that'll entice you to be more of a shitty person. Like that's just how that system works and it's weird. And it's how what it's become? I don't know. Are you yeah. okay? Did I... <laughs> No, no, no. I, my I yeah. blew back from her microphone oh, for a second. I
1: just had a bug fly on my, oh, no. my glasses. <laughs> so if you saw a reaction, it was legitimately to a bug and not to you. It was it's a, okay. ma-
2: a manifestation of the evils of the internet. Just... <laughs> yeah. No. So like uh, I was
0: saying, Halo Infinite, I think, yeah. is... <laughs>
2: halo infinite i knew this was gonna happen that's why i told the listeners this is gonna go long tonight because i just had an idea what one quick thing just like my my day job is uh community manager for games and stuff so i i have to deal with uh most of the time really sweet awesome people that are very passionate about games and sometimes people that are not so sweet and not so passionate and some of them are downright violent and, and bad people yeah um and, you know, it's it's interesting because you become so desensitized to all of it after staring at it for a while, but um, every once in a while you will get those messages that are very just like uh, dangerous and scary and, and weird, right? And I think that's the thing about the internet is like, like you guys were saying, it, it has the capacity to be, to be such a wonderful tool for spreading positivity and joy to the world, but also... It can be you know general i mean honestly all it is, is is a megaphone for humanity like we have yeah. the ability to communicate with each other faster than we've ever been able to do before in the early 90s we didn't have that ability we would just have to you know text each other not even text page each other or call each other on the phone and now it's like you can you know look up any amount of information from you know, anywhere in the world at any time, and communicate with almost anyone, uh, and it, it's weird. And I don't think I don't think humanity was really ready for that step that quickly to go from not being able to do it to being able to just have it all at your fingertips. Um, just in terms of like our cognitive ability to parse all of that, yeah. I honestly don't think we were ready as a species to have all of the information thrust at us that quickly. But that's just my own
0: nerdy take on no, it. All, I think but... I think you're right we're not going to leave this conversation now i think you're right and (laughs) i think that i think that uh that that notion of like people being terrible and it becoming a megaphone for their terribleness i I think our behaviors and stuff that uh, this is going to sound shittier than i intended to but i don't have a better way and i didn't pre-write this uh uh would normally get kind of socialized out if you are forced into socializing with people in large groups in person you can't be that way because you would get locked out of that group probably over time. That's what that's what middle school is, right? <laughs> it's like It's like, this. Yeah. it's become something else at this point, I feel like, but middle school in the 90s or the 80s felt very uh, like you're holding cage to figure out who you were becoming as a human and how you were gonna socialize with other people. And maybe you were a small group person, maybe you were a large group person, maybe you liked this and you found other people that liked that or whatever and i think the internet has made has some created this like it's like eating a candy bar like it's like created this fake sense that you are socializing to a degree and you're not actually and you're never actually getting heard or really saying the thing you're saying you're not getting real feedback you're not getting actual like intimacy with other people so what ends up happening is like you like borderline like like uh not militarized but you you like become this insane version of what you would otherwise have maybe been I guess I don't know it heightens it heightens the sense of you needing to yell your opinion at people it heightens the sense that you are right and they're wrong it heightens this like ability to cuss at somebody and not feel like they felt it or saw it because you're you know on this other side of the screen I don't disagree that like removing face to face contact is like heightening that completely I just don't choose to believe I guess that there are like a large portion of humanity that are just terrible people. I think that there are a large portion of humanity that have been conned into thinking that it's either A, okay to be terrible or B, that like that's all there there is for them. I don't know. Okay,
1: okay, hold on, because you're right. We're definitely not abandoning this conversation now because I have two <laughs> points for this. What about the kids who were socialized out in middle school who didn't fit in, who were rejects and bullied and and, and didn't have people to connect with because they're stuck in this school where there are only 300 other kids your age and nobody, nobody embraces you and everybody shuns you and then all of a sudden you go on the internet and you find other kids. You find queer kids, you find kids who look like you, who think like you who are also outcasts who are also too smart or too weird or whatever and you have that that society too a i think that that and also by the way we're having this entire conversation over the internet i want to point out and um the other part of it though is people have been horrible for ever since people existed, I mean, you know, it's not like it's new to be terrible and it's not like it's new to hurt people and to want to hurt people and hold people down and, 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 um, destroy people. I mean, and so, and so I don't think that like people are bad because of Facebook. I think that maybe it makes it easier for people to be bad to more people or different people. But, you know, I mean, you think about, I can think about 10 different events in history that happened that were very much about people, some people being evil and then a whole lot of other people getting behind that for right. whatever reason.
0: Sure. I you think, know, think so. we all get.
1: <laughs> right. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, so that's like, so Facebook didn't invent that.
0: But I don't disagree with you on either of those points. The first point I think is what I'm talking about. The internet of old is finding your niche, finding your group, finding your little weird click that you do have the ability to express those things. And I'm also by no means saying middle school is some perfect socializer that (laughs) creates all perfect humans. That's what I heard, Matt. And by the time you get to ninth grade, you've become a perfect human and you're never going to be a shitty one to anyone. You're shitty. There are shitty people from birth through the rest of their life and being in school didn't change that or fix that. What I was saying was that that is, it's a means to it's it's a forced means of socializing with people that you have no f- control of, over who you are socializing with. So if you are a straight up asshole, unfortunately, there are large parts of middle school and high school that encourage you to join in with the other straight up assholes and then you become the cool popular asshole group and then you're terrible to everyone. I don't think that doesn't happen. That obviously happens. It happened when I was in school. But what I'm saying is that like You don't get that on the internet. You don't get forced into nuanced conversations. You don't get forced into situations where you're confronted with other people. I I think think you do.
1: You haven't visited
0: Facebook in 30 years, then I feel like.
1: (laughs) Well, I've I've seen it happen. I've seen very recent, very wonderful conversations where somebody says, you know what? I don't like that, what you just did. And here's why I find it's an issue. And people talking about it and learning. I've learned so much about social issues and about things that... I didn't know things that I was doing that were wrong or that that people do without thinking about it that I would not have known because I would not have been in situations where somebody would have been able to say, hey, you know what, it's not okay to talk like that. Or you know what, when you say these words or when people use this language or whatever it is, that this is hurtful and that the, this is the social change that has happened that I saw like really in the forefront of games before like it started happening other places and it was like games Twitter, who was like, let's talk about our pronouns. Like this is important. Don't assume people's pronouns. I learned that from Twitter. I didn't learn that from being in person at cons. It happens now because it started on the internet where because people felt safe to say. Like it's like as much as people feel safe to be shitty, they also feel safe to say, you know what, I'm queer. You know what? I have they them pronouns. You know, and it's like that's the thing and I cannot believe that I'm like passionately arguing for the internet right now. (laughs) But like it it really has it has like Enriched my life in a way, and it's like pulled me out of life too. I mean, it's it's the two sides of it. It's, it's, it's... Oh, yeah,
0: I, I think, though, but we can't, I agree. Like, I don't know how to not, I am in agreement with you. <laughs> no, I, I just, I think you guys are
2: arguing. I think, no, 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 I don't think we having, are either. I think you guys are just having a discussion. I think it's I just a, think a really good discussion. I mean, it's, you
0: can't take, you can't take that part of Twitter, which I fully agree is real, and I have learned a lot from, I would actually probably cut. Facebook out of this entirely. But I, I've learned a lot from Twitter <laughs> and stuff in that way too, because I think Twitter does, in a weird way, somewhat encourage a little bit more of a global conversation about things. But I don't think you can take that piece and negate Gamergate, which is a thing that came wholly no. out of the internet, completely, almost 100% on Twitter and like it forums. It didn't
1: come wholly out of the internet. Gamergate? That's the thing. Yes. It came from people. And came from social stuff that was happening before the internet even existed. I mean, you know, you can't have Gamergate without World War Two. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, there's.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm laughing because it's it's a it's a large stretch, but not large stretch, but like a long stretch of time. Sorry.
1: Yes, but but, <laughs> that's, but I'm saying like, you know, without getting too far into that, because I don't really want to get too far into that. But I'm saying like. Yes, the but it's it's not just the internet. It's like well, the I mean, internet is a, what people but you don't put, put into a, right. it. It's a tool.
2: It's a powerful, powerful tool yeah. that we have not figured out as people how to use 100% properly yet. And we're I still get... figuring out how to use it properly because it's it's too powerful just for, for normal people to not have it, you know, to, to, to just have it run willy-nilly and people be able to do whatever they want with it is is just dangerous, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I think yes. I don't need to talk anymore. <laughs> Halo Infinite is sad that it's not coming out on. T- <laughs> Matt,
1: I don't disagree with you. I don't
0: disagree with you either. I think that I think that we're talking about two different sides of the internet, and I yeah. I, I don't think they ever really. Uh, I don't think one negates the other. I think that they both exist, and I think that they, you know, they. It, I wouldn't get rid of the the joke of me saying turn off the internet and turn it on just to download this podcast I hope was hyper enough to make it a joke I love the internet I work on the internet on a daily basis I mourn for the internet constantly because I think it's turning into a thing that I don't like anymore it's turning into something that is weird to me that I don't fully agree with do I want it to go away entirely no of course not because it still enables me to do a podcast with the two of you and like record this although this conversation by the way would never happen on Twitter and Facebook because it's too synchronous we're like too much talking in time and listening and I don't know that you can have the same conversation online without it being over audio or video could have it on discord or something maybe but not
1: but I love that too is like the fact that you can take time to think about stuff and reply yes. and that's something that I find valuable is that especially when you're talking about social issues and things like where you're learning or where somebody's able to say hey you know what that wasn't cool
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you can take a minute instead of having to like realize and react in the moment and and you know not maybe say something else stupid yeah <laughs> you know I don't know
0: no I I think that's that's a huge benefit of like talking or speaking over twitter or or whatever whatever format email even i think that like having that time to think and write your thoughts i think forcing yourself to write what you're saying is is important so you don't just you know say whatever comes off your brain but you know anyway i i, I think i agree with you i love the internet i don't want it to go away i think there's wonderful pieces of the internet that i think are amazing <laughs> and wonderful i just also think there's a bullhorn for bullshit that i think is absolutely insane that i would yes. love to turn off forever uh, yeah. And I wish. Some, yeah, should, but who You decides? should have to apply.
2: You should have to apply for an internet license. There you go. At the age, <laughs> right where line was test? headed. Who
0: decides? And then Ash says, "I you
2: have decide. To apply. <laughs> you have to write me an email, and I will tell you if you're allowed to use it. I'll ask four <laughs> questions. Are you cool? Are you are you a dick?
1: <laughs> just you know, almost all of my most favorite people I met over the internet including you all like it's true it's that's the thing that's been really wild to me is like being somebody who grew up without the internet and grew up in in groups where you know you don't always really fit in you don't really find your people and i don't know i i just i like it i think the internet's okay Uh, that's my
2: statement you know i i i like i said i think it's wonderful but um it just, uh, it's too much for some people, you <laughs> know? So good, uh, good let's- Closing quote. Yeah, it's too okay. much for some people.
0: One more thing about this, just kidding. Uh, Halo, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that I think Microsoft will be fine. <laughs> I think so too. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know if, I don't know if the console will really sell like gangbusters, but I wonder if it would have even with Halo. I, I don't know. This console generation feels very weird to me because it's, no. I don't think they, I don't feel like they're pitching us Well, I don't know about PlayStation. I don't feel like Xbox is pitching us a console anymore. I feel like they're pitching us a paradigm shift in how we're consuming games with Microsoft. I feel like they're going like, everybody get to game pass. We don't care what you play it on. Just move over this way. And you you can have a console if that's what's convenient for you. You can have a PC if that's what's convenient for you. You can play it on your friggin' Android phone. We don't give a shit. Just come over and play it on our platform and our stuff. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if the console matters as much. I'm just bummed as a Halo fan that, you know, I'd love to play a new halo, but
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel but the not same if way.
1: The graphics are bad. I
2: don't
0: give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I'm I, totally kidding. <laughs> somebody, I forget one of our friends from the internet retweeted a tweet about, uh, I want games that are shorter. Oh man. I want games that are shorter, look worse. Uh, I saw that tweet cost, too. I don't know. And it was, cost but... the same or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So that people that are working on games, like, can have a life or i forget the full tweet this is a full butchering of the tweet it was very well done but uh it was basically saying like look i i, I don't seek i don't need these 400 hour perfect human simulation games anymore like i can't play yeah. them for one and uh i would like people who are making the games to have you know families and lives that they can go home to and enjoy themselves and not feel burnout. out
1: yeah. Let them give them time to play around in the internet yeah. a little bit. The the yeah. game
2: I'm going to review, uh Teenage Blob is a perfect example of yeah. uh, of <laughs> you guys you guys will love this game. Uh let's quickly talk about the last blockbuster <laughs> Becoming an Airbnb? Did you guys hear this story? It's at not all? Airbnb, yes. right?
0: It's just for sleepovers, right? Is that the deal?
2: Yeah, and it's not really, really gonna happen. So if you Aww. read the fine print in this story, they are letting like a handful of people. It's essentially a contest where you can rent it on Airbnb, but it's like four. It's a four dollar rental, like the price. <laughs> oh, it's of like a...
1: they did this with the Barbie Mansion. Do you right. guys? Did you guys see this? Yeah, I no. saw this.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's so the it...
1: exact same model. It was like there's this Barbie Mansion. It's just like. The dream house or whatever mm-hmm. you can rent it for four dollars and it was there's content. only
2: like i think three or four people that can actually spend the night in this place last uh, one's in alaska right is that where this is i want to say i well i want to say that's right
0: i think it's Alaska,
2: uh, but uh anyway they converted this blockbuster to look like an old uh 80s living room so it has a big old sofa in there a crt some crt like box tv yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. And uh, all all the old VHS cassettes are still inside the Blockbuster. Amazing. So like half of it's still a Blockbuster. The other half looks like an 80s uh, living room with a pullout sofa. And you okay. can go stay there and eat snacks. Oregon. I oh, just, Oregon.
1: I want us to all think for a minute about what this place smells like.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Blockbuster's kind of sour. They, they had, had a very sp-
1: specific, and they had a little bit of a popcorn smell, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my vet, Pops fresh popcorn which I always felt like was weird because like they don't really have like <laughs> it It just seems like a weird time to be eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now my vet smells like fresh popcorn and kind of like dirty too. It's like a yeah. little bit like a blockbuster.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that. That definitely was the scent. Um, and it's funny when this story popped up, everyone was just kind of telling blockbuster stories and how they missed it. And of course, people were chiming in were, that were like, "Fuck that! That place was the worst disaster." <laughs> like, I'll never, I'll never forget. I w- when I was a little kid, I would always rent ridiculous movies from there with my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd go with him, and uh, I made him rent this movie called Rat Boy. And uh, we were riding on, and I was on the back of his motorcycle, and I dropped rat boy oh no on accident oh, no. i was holding it i was like i can't wait to watch rat boy and rat boy like exploded you know <laughs> and uh how much
1: did it cost you to replace that it
2: was 88 dollars 80, yeah. yeah 88 and my dad was like are you fucking kidding me like he like <laughs> threw a fit in a blockbuster because this was an old wait, even back then it what, was an old movie
1: what year was that
2: oh god i was 13 so it was probably like 90 91
1: okay $88 in 1991
0: <laughs> inflation. They're probably Is about 150 bucks now. $166
1: and 56 yeah, cents today. That's
2: insane. Right. So that's what they would charge you at Blockbuster. If you mm. lost one of their, that's what those movies This
0: goes back to the $30 Mulan. That's what those yeah. movies cost. That's what they were yeah. buying them for. Cause I worked at a rental place from like 96 to like 2000. And, uh, yeah, like we would get DVDs and stuff at that point and still some VHS and we were buying them for like $120 a copy. Like not not for a movie but like for the one single DVD it was $120. It's ridiculous. It's so insane. It's, well
2: like, anyway, um part of me misses Blockbuster because I can't tell you how many millions of hours I spent walking up and down the, oh, the yeah. aisles. Just I mean that would be half the night would be just finding the movie. Because
1: well, like half of them were gone. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. like you had to check the box because like one time I rented Annie Hall and I got it back and I was on a date and it turned out it was Annie in the how box. I, that's uh-huh. how I saw my first porno, was having <laughs> the it. wrong
2: movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I went, I was renting some horror movie, and I got it home and it was Hot Lips, which is like some old <laughs> porno from the 70s. Oh and I remember I was sitting there and I put it in and I was like, What is this? And I was I saw porno, I was like 10, and I was like instantly ejected and hid it in the house <laughs> <laughs> and, and he I, bought that one for 88
0: yeah too. i was That's like
1: this... <laughs> i think
2: i had that for 20 years that movie it's on
1: your dad's card oh. yeah but don't
0: you like this is gonna make me sound old again and i'm okay with it uh, <laughs> it's my birthday this week i'm getting older so it's fine yes happy uh, birthday matt thank you yeah, uh, um don't you miss like waiting for something though like a little bit no. isn't there a piece of no. you that kind of wishes yeah. you weren't just all... Con- I I do. We, I, we we have too much shit. We have way too... We should not... There's no reason in the world that for $30 a month, you should have access to every piece of content that gets made.
1: Listen, I <laughs> waited for insane. Hamilton. I will say I I I had to wait for Hamilton. I could never get a ticket.
0: And yet you still saw it for $6. And I thought...
1: But I waited for that, too. I waited for it to come out, and they didn't charge me an extra $30 for Hamilton, which right. actually would have felt like that would make sense. Like, they want yeah. to check, try this, this you know, approach. Why not Hamilton? But, okay. Um, you know, we do – I mean, yes, you're right. We don't have to wait for a lot of stuff, and I have definitely become accustomed to it. Yeah. P.S. I think the Internet is awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's different. It's, it's just – that's the thing about it. It's like just the world is different when your kids are growing up in a completely different scenario. Like I look at how my kid can turn on anything at any time and have always have cartoons to watch. Like we only had cartoons for two hours on a Saturday. Saturday, I
2: I tell that to Lincoln all the time. I was like, we were we were watching old thundercats the other day the you know the 1980 thunder 84 thundercats mm-hmm. and i was like man i'm like i don't think i ever saw this one like you know i used to love that show when i was a kid and he's like why did you never see it i was like because i would watch this before elementary school yeah and like i with, may be caught with no like,
0: context as to where the episode was no, in any season yeah, or whatnot like no, it's, everything it's, was just shown in random order right. whatever syndication they had or yeah right it was like you know muppet babies would be on next and
2: then scooby-doo and like yeah. you may not even like those shows but you watched them all because that was on
0: i remember like so. in high school i watched dragon ball z in the morning before school with no context as to where in the story i was at any point in time which is a very like they're telling a serialized story and I'm like <laughs> what when did he become an adult like it was just like everything just <laughs> would just change from episode to episode uh good uh. times
1: so but yes anyway. everybody we're 400 years old oh we're
0: very yeah. old yeah, yeah it's
2: fine yeah. No, no. it's all good it's all good um let's uh anyway last blockbuster becomes an airbnb you can win a <laughs> night there if you'd like
0: <laughs> this wasn't a news section this was just an excuse for us to talk about whatever <laughs> we felt like <laughs> <editing> <laughs> there in we go talking about
2: <laughs> if this was scott he'd say i'm gonna edit this but you know what i'm all not <laughs> all of this will get cut out <laughs> <laughs>
0: those are our scott impressions As well, it, yeah. so
1: what did you all think would happen when you had me on you know that no, i was just like literally yeah, all good. i do is tangents
0: it's all right. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. It's all it's, I do, too. It's the only, I Ash know. is the only one who tries to stay on topic. I know I it's to. bad, Matt, when we get together. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, this is why I love it. Um, I have a tangent I want to go on right now, and it is murdering my soul that I'm not going on it. So oh, dying to
1: know. It's like all I want to do is. It'll ask be
0: in our, in our internet episode. That we, we could do about the DLC Matt, bonus content.
1: Tweet me about it. We'll, ta- we'll have the conversation i refuse twitter.
0: i will text you that's what i will do Oh <laughs> man,
1: i will screen cap that shit and put it on twitter oh. so fast
0: oh man let's take
2: a like a two-minute break so i can grab some water and come back and do some okay. reviews
1: if you like books check out audible audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in every genre: thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi and more. Audible titles play on iPhone, Kindle, Android and more than 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. This shouldn't work, but it does. Get free audiobook download at audibletrialcom N.A.
2: That's great, so we're going to do some reviews. Are you guys ready?
1: Hmm. I'm
2: ready. Um, let's talk about Old Guard first. How many of you guys have seen yeah. Old Guard? I did. I didn't. You didn't. You'd like it, Mylena. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Uh, what are What are your hot takes on Old, Girl,
0: Old Guard, Matt? I went in with no expectation, really. I'd never read the graphic novels from Greg Rucka that they're based on. Uh, so I didn't really know much about it other than Charlie's Theron carrying an axe and in. killing people. In. And... Like, so so i uh i flipped it on and uh uh was really kind of swept up in it i really enjoyed it i i had a lot more fun it was actually i think the exact kind of movie i was looking to watch at the time it's like kind of sci-fi kind of action or very action but kind of sci-fi action and and uh has enough world building in it that you feel like it, it exists somewhere outside of our you know our world kind of fantasy wise and uh and, you know, I thought the acting was really great. I didn't put notes in here about who acted in it beyond Shirley's Theron. I've completely blanked on every other actor at this Beth point. Beth Pono,
1: Dana Goldberg, David Ellison, A.J. Dix, Don Granger. It was directed by Gina Price, Bly- yeah. Blythewood. Yeah. Screenplay by Greg Rucca. I don't a... know who did the music.
0: Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dustin O'Halloran and Volker Bertelman.
0: It's good music. It was a good yeah. soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it was good. But yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was like a super good thrill ride. Uh, I really liked that while Charlize Theron is...
1: Oh my God, by the way, those were not the actors. Those were all the producers. Feasibly Oops. one of the... I
0: was like, <laughs> there's a lot of guys. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh, while Charlize Theron is, is definitely the, the main card, I thought that the lead uh, woman was awesome in it. I thought the... Um, what, who, what was her character name? Man, I'm really, it came ill-prepared. Is it
1: Kiki Lane, the character yes. Nile. Yeah, she's yes, great. Niall. Niall's great.
0: She was really great in it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. It gave me, I haven't really watched a lot of these um, kind of Netflix first movies. Oh, I watched another one I didn't write down in here. That's fine. We'll talk about it later. Uh, uh, I haven't watched a lot of these, so I, I don't know that I don't know what I expected. Not not as if Netflix doesn't have $500 billion to make whatever kind of movie they right. feel like making, but uh, it was so high quality and so well done and really well written and just a fun world to play in. And I think I heard that they're already talking sequel. So it feels like we're going to get it. I think another. so too. Yeah.
2: And for those that have not watched old guard yet, the, the general premise is that oh, yeah. What's there's, the a, there's a plot. I mean I't I so long. I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything. it is good. Everything that said is true. <laughs> but the general plot is that there's a, a handful of, uh, of people that are essentially immortal. Um, and they make the decision at, at some stage in their life to impact the events of humanity in a positive way. So they go in, and help people. But throughout the course of their lives, they all become incredible at, at combat and shooting and, and they become mercenaries uh, for good. So they're like good superheroes that can't die uh, yeah. with the catch that eventually your immortality can run out seemingly like whenever
0: It it's just time. I hate Uh, to
1: tell you that, but that makes you like not not immortal.
0: Not immortal. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can. You're mostly immortal. You just don't know when your immortality will end. Yes, that's
2: right. Yeah, these guys (laughs) can get like shot in the head and blown up, and they'll you know they'll be. You're immortal-ish.
1: Oh, okay. So okay, then that's different. If it runs out, that's one thing. If you can be killed, you can. Well, You can't be killed. What's you the just definition die of immortality? Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. At some point, your wound will not heal. So yeah. if you get like shot, this time it's not going to heal. Yeah. Um, that being said, I there's have some so many uh, questions. Oh, it's <laughs> it's really cool. You'll really you'll really dig it. It's re- it's really fun. There's one scene that I guess is a little spoilery that is to me the most terrifying. Uh, during the witch trials, they take one of the immortals oh,
0: Jesus and they
2: lock her in sort of like an iron maiden. And they mm. realize they can't kill her, so they throw her off a boat. And so she keeps drowning, and then coming Forever. back to life, and drowning, and coming back to life, and drowning. So and I should
1: watch this with my six-year-old. Is
0: what you are saying? No, 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 no. no, no this no. movie is nowhere near appropriate. <laughs> I mean, no. depending I on how kidding. you raise your six-year-old, it's no. nowhere near appropriate. He watches
1: YouTube, y'all. It's fine.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, fine. it's okay. Well, some of YouTube's probably worse than this. There's a lot of blowing up reasons. people.
1: Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, good. I
0: think five five minutes into this movie, there's there's an amount of gunfire that. Is not logical in any other sense. <laughs> no. So so the, it, it's gory very quick. It's very hyper-violent at certain parts. Um, but it is... I would compare it to... Um, oh, what John, John Wickie. J- I was going to say Atomic Blonde, which was a Charlize Theron uh, action movie I where liked, she kicks ass. I liked that a lot. Atomic Blonde yeah. was fantastic. Uh, if you liked Atomic yeah. Blonde, but Loved you it. also like fantasy games, then like Old Guard is right in your wheelhouse. I good.
1: you know who you're talking to. I know who I'm talking to,
0: (laughs) and I'm telling you, it's a very good movie. Uh, I'm
1: going to watch it tonight. It did make me
0: want to go back and check out the graphic novels. Greg Rucka is a comic book writer who's been writing forever, and I think weirdly had interaction with this podcast a very long time ago, but I'm not positive on that. I'd have to go look in our emails. I I remember, Uh, yeah. I think we have a friend of a friend of his, if I remember. We're like two degrees from Greg Rucka or something. But uh, this is a graphic novel of his that now I want to go back and check out because I think it's got multiple uh, runs. Um, so, But yeah, I thought it was super great. And it's on Netflix, so it's kind of one of those, you don't have to pay $30 for From it. From what
2: I heard, the, the movie is very, very <laughs> accurate to the graphic novel.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he they... adapted it, so it feels like yeah, you know, he's got full cool. control over That's it. That's great. Uh, more Netflix-adapting
2: graphic novels. Uh, Umbrella Academy. Have you guys yeah. watched any of these? Season one. I haven't started season, season two yet. I haven't uh, watched it. Uh, I think you'd like it quite a lot. Uh, Again, quick general premise for our our listeners. Umbrella Academy is about uh, at some point in the, I want to say the 1980s, there's like 80 women who all give birth to babies out of the blue. Like they were not pregnant prior to that evening. And all of a sudden, all these babies are born and all the babies that are born all at the same exact time all around the world all have superpowers. And uh, one eccentric billionaire goes around and scoops, I think, seven of them up. I want to say seven of them up and raises them as his own children and teaches them how to be a superhero team. So it's sort of the exploits of these, the brothers and sisters as they have grown up and where are they now in their adult lives? Uh, season two picks up after the, uh, Should I can I spoil season one at this point? Myla, no, do you want to take your headphones off? I would rather off? not.
1: You want me to, no, I think, you know. Okay. Well, I'll maybe. try and
2: talk. I'll try and talk around it.
1: You so can
2: do it. Ended one, season one ended with a bang.
1: you won't believe what happened you won't believe what happened
2: but season two ends with the family getting uh kind of thrown back into uh 1963
1: it Uh, ends that way or begins that
2: way well it i guess the end of season one ends with them traveling back to 1963 so 1963 is where season two begins so it's sort of like okay it happens i guess it's a little bit of a spoiler but not too much um and it's really interesting to see these characters that you kind of fall in love with over the course of season one uh, living their lives in this new uh, time period and, you know, sort of what becomes of them in this wild time of, you know, John F. Kennedy and Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, civil rights and just all, you know, you have these kids that have grown up in the eighties and nineties that all have superpowers that are now living in the 1960s, uh, carrying on and also figuring out a lot about their family and their own past because they have essentially time traveled. So it's a really cool time travel story. Um, it all, the whole season takes place in the 1960s, which is just wild having watched the first season. And, uh, I want to say, uh, having, I went back and watched a little bit of season one again, because uh, Christina is starting to watch it now, and uh, I feel like season two is much funnier and warmer. Season one, okay. there's a lot of like there's a lot of animosity between the characters, like they're very angry at each other and they don't seem to have like a lot of love toward one another. Uh, season two is really the opposite. So if you want to see these characters like. Uh, really change and adapt and, and and become much more well-rounded I think season two is is going to be for you you also get to see them use their powers in really really cool fantastic ways the intro sequence to season two just the first half an hour has like MCU level effects and action um and the rest of the season, it doesn't ever come to that level. But the first half an hour of season two is just like, oh, shit, we're going to go there. So yeah. there's some really, really cool stuff. Um, definitely check, check out Umbrella Academy season two also on Netflix.
0: I didn't realize the graphic novel is written by the lead singer from My Chemical Romance.
2: Isn't that weird, Gerard, Gerard Way?
0: Way. Yeah. Are you
1: surprised, though? Like, look at the aesthetic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I knew he wrote comics. <laughs> I just never knew what he wrote. And I didn't no, know I it was just... this. yeah Yeah, that's very funny the aesthetic is very on brand i guess somebody Uh, i
1: heard somebody describe this show as like basically it's x-men but they went to hot topic
0: (laughs) yeah it's a little bit of that and i can see a little bit more new mutiny than x-men like it's it's very like
1: that i'm i didn't describe it that way no 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 someone did i don't know i like that i like that (laughs) that's a good elevator pitch for me i mean
2: yeah, there's a little bit of Tim Burton in there too. It's like a little, yeah. uh, little artsy, uh, quirky, strange, steampunky. It's it's great. I mean, it's really you know, Christina is only like halfway through the first season. And she's like, it's a little slow. And and if you're just now watching it, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of a lot yeah. of exposition in the first season. A lot of like really slow character building. Season two is wonderful because they don't you don't have they don't have to do that again. You know everybody and you know what they're like, so you can just get into a mm-hmm. really I think really tight ten episodes so it's fun yeah it's, it is really good um jumping over to games there is a game coming out on steam tomorrow uh called teenage blob and is uh made by a team called team laser beam but it is also uh the score is by a punk band by the name of the super weeks and uh if you were a music kid growing up you know a lot of bands did splits with each other and this is a split game album uh So this is really weird. I don't think I've ever seen this before, which makes it fantastic. But this is a set of essentially mini games um, that all follow a general plot of you are a punk rock kid trying to get to see your favorite band's concert. But you have a lot of stuff that you have to do in order to get there. Uh, Namely, you need a really good pair of boots to wear. Before you yes. can go to this show.
1: Yes, that's important for a it is. show.
2: So you get to pick out what boots you end up getting, but you have to do a series of odd jobs uh, in order to get <laughs> enough money to get to these boots. So you have to work at the music store. You have to deliver <laughs> newspapers. You have to do, uh, there's like a little mini dating sim in there too. You have to like talk to talk to uh, this lady that you like. And, and every single one of these mini games has its own musical track done by this band, The Super Weeks now the super weeks uh from what i read about them they are a band from philadelphia that have been around for a long time and they're fucking fantastic they remind me a lot of like like uh weezer slash nerf herder slash just like really great pop punk that's just really warm with great lyrics and all the tracks on this i think it's five i want to say five songs and five mini games um they're all. It's all just fun. Like I beat the whole thing in maybe like a half an hour, which is so welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I yeah. beat a game, and it took yeah. me a half an hour, and I heard five new songs, and I played five awesome mini games. Um, That's fun. It is super fun. Uh, some of the mini games are like they have a Guitar Hero esque, uh, where you have to match the chords, similar similar to you know one of those rhythm rhythm games. They have a, a, a basically a clone of Paperboy uh that is uh but i think it's a more fun version of paperboy actually where you're throwing newspapers to people that subscribe and dodging dogs and lawnmowers then a guy will like run out of his house and go nice butthole like it is very you know perfect humor for me i'm like that guy guy said butthole this is amazing (laughs) um (laughs) you know i'm
1: here for all of this
2: yeah yeah so you you
1: know right by the way that that sean my husband is like He's like, I'm just so glad you're friends with Ash that you have one person that you can joke like 13-year-old yeah. boys with.
2: Yeah, Someone you can, the butthole outlet, as they say?
1: Yes. <laughs> what? He doesn't know. No one says that. But yes. <laughs> yeah, no but
0: one, no zero one says that. Have said that.
2: Uh, so anyway, so Team Laserbeam cool. and the Super Weeks came up with this game, Teenage Blob. It will be available by the time you hear this. This will probably come out the day of release. Uh, a review copy was was supplied to us, but I will tell everyone about this, and I will you know buy them copies and give this to people because it I love is the
0: uh, artwork too. The oh,
2: it's great! That. It reminds me of like an old Newgrounds game or something. Yeah. If you remember Newgrounds for all you whippersnappers back there, There used to be flash games like this
0: back in the old days. It used to be what games? Flash games. No one knows what flash is anymore.
2: Oh man, <laughs> why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> i almost when you guys were talking about the internet i almost started talking about how i used to be a moderator on a bbs but then i was like yeah. no one is gonna no one is gonna uh. ever know what the hell i'm talking about i was like yeah i was a moderator i've been doing this my whole life I was a moderator on a bbs but anyway teenage blob pick it up it's awesome uh, couldn't recommend it enough it's silly fun and check out music by the super weeks because they're great
1: so um, this next story that Matt's about to talk about uh, deals with sexual violence. So we just wanted to let you know.
0: Uh, on a really similar topic, uh, I watched I'll Be Gone in the Dark <laughs> from Super, <HBO>. super similar. <laughs> Very similar. Um, no, I'll Be Gone in the Dark is a sort of uh, biography slash true crime documentary. Um, it's based on a book written by a woman named Michelle McNamara, who was Patton Oswald's wife. Uh, and passed away about four years ago, if I remember correctly, four or five. Um, and this this show kind of chronicles her story of when she started getting into true crime and when she started following uh, the, the character that the, that the character, the murderer that the book is about all the way through her death, and then ultimately how they found the killer based off of a lot of her work. And her kind of tenacity towards this thing um but what the true crime piece of it is about is about a guy that she coined the golden state killer was also known as irons which was the east area rapist and the oh boy ons i don't remember what ons stood for but he basically had three areas in california for like a 20-year period where he was terrorizing everybody. He, he was responsible for, I think somewhere upwards of 50 rapes and something like 10 murders or 12 murders. It, it was insane. He was a, it was a monster a human. And, uh, it kind of just goes through this whole story of how she hooked onto this case, how she started going after it, how she endeared herself to the police to actually start getting like records and, and finding out more about him and really about how she, with the help of one, um, Uh, forensic specialist and a couple of since like retired detectives kind of kept this case alive and kept going and it goes into the community of true crime uh, like uh, what do they call them community detectives or or, uh, uh They have a specific word around their community and I, and I just blanked on it.
1: I blanked on it too. Citizen
0: detectives. Uh, Yeah, It goes into the kind of this community of citizen detectives and how they work and what they're doing. And it's really, really fascinating. And it's a really beautifully told story um, about this amazing woman and kind of why she was doing what she was doing, what she went after. And I, I really don't want to ruin too much in it. Like I obviously can't ruin some of the pieces. Like he gets caught off of DNA evidence and it was sort of found or pushed towards by her and by this forensic uh, scientist who she had partnered up with. And uh, and yeah, the story is just really kind of beautifully told. I, I think when I started it, because I already knew her life a little bit through the book and through being a fan of Patton Oswald and kind of seeing all this in real time. And he has a special that he talks about a lot of this stuff during as well. But I think from... That I felt like the first two episodes felt a little slow. I've had like a very generalized complaint about documentaries lately, which is that they're all becoming series, which is fine. They're all like six or seven or eight parts. And a lot of them could be like a movie. (laughs) Like a lot of them could just be a documentary and they'd be great and they'd be wonderful stories. And I started to feel that way with this one, but then as it hit its stride in like the third and fourth episode, and especially when it kind of presents the culmination of her life story, it really is like, it hits in all the right ways. And that pacing in the beginning starts to make way more sense. So if you feel the same way I did, and it feels a little slow, know that like it really does pay off as a weird word to, to use towards this, but it really does play out very well as far as like how that story is told and how it's presented. And then they really do these kind of deep dive interviews with both victims of the Iran's killer and the who survived and um, other people citizen detectives who have their own stories about their situation and kind of what drew them into citizen detective work and all this other stuff and man it's just done it's done so on the sleeve like it's not nothing is like couched in like weird drama or it's just very like these are real people this is why this is happening this is their story and it just it really plays out this kind of multi-narrative super super well so I lately have been very tired of true crime docs. I've been kind of overrun by them, I feel like, and there were a lot of them for, I think a brief period. We, we, as a society got very hooked on them and there was everything from like bad ones on cable to great podcast series to like, you know, really wonderful documentaries, but there was just so many of them that I kind of tuned out of a lot of them. I kind of backed off from them somewhat. This one I was drawn to mostly because I didn't know some of the details of how she found or started to find the golden state killer. Uh, they found him posthumously to her, but it it really, yeah, I don't know. I can't recommend it enough. It's on HBO max right now. And if you have HBO, you have access to that. Um, but it, it's a really, really great series and a really, really beautiful story. Uh, and there, I will happily admit that I not happily, but I cried like an absolute baby when, Patton talks about losing his wife and telling his kid and stuff it's it's brutal it's super hard to watch but it's very human and done in such a like just poignant way of like this is life this is what this is about and and it it's I don't know it's really beautifully done so if you haven't watched it yet really really recommend especially if you're like me and you're like I don't know true crime you know I'm, I've seen so much of it we're, we're stuck in such a shitty reality anyways do I really need to bury myself right. into an, a true yeah, it's crime doc but it is right it's it's good and I really should have trigger warning this all over the place before I started talking about it I realized yeah. that as I was describing the case but if that stuff that is throughout this documentary so know that you know be warned now that if, you, if somehow you were to wander into this documentary without knowing that would be awful so it is it is very much heavy very uh, it's not very graphic. It's not gratuitously graphic, which I think is also maybe why it doesn't bother me as much. She they do a lot of her writing. Um, the woman who played Michael Scott's wife ultimately on The Office. I cannot remember her oh, name no. or her Fisher? character. No, 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 Michael Scott. No. Not oh, not I never saw The Office. Oh my god. Oh
1: my god. Just Ash, just, shut your mouth.
0: Hang up. Uh, Holly,
1: the woman who played Holly. Holly, oh, no, yeah. I can't she remember. she
0: reads all of Michelle McNamara's writing. And it's it's really it's super. Her writing is so engaging, and and her reading it is done super well. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm rambling a little, but this is a wonderful, wonderful series, and and uh, it really is kind of beautifully told.
1: So two things quickly, Matt. Yes. Do you want to take a pause?
0: Yeah, we should do put the a trigger, trigger warning. Do there.
1: the trigger warning, and then you can insert it earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, man, how do I want to word this? uh Um, that was perfect and way better than i would have done it
1: (laughs) thank you um i also now back to the show um yeah she's michelle mcnamara is fantastic or was fantastic and really really interesting and got so obsessed with this case that actually um i don't think that you mentioned this but they think that really that her obsession with this case is what caused her death that she had an accidental yeah. overdose. Did you watch the series? I didn't, but I, I've i done a okay. lot of work with Investigation Discovery and, and a lot of work with true crime. They, they, my, they, did they not say that in the show?
0: So they, they at the end, when they, when, when they get to the last episode and they've talked about everything at this point, like kind of everything's resolved to an extent, um, they go a little heavier into the fact that this case likely triggered her abuse. Mm-hmm. But, and, That's what I'm at. And yeah. that while it was seemingly an accidental overdose, that it was also very likely that she was like addicted to multiple types of pills and that had just used the wrong. Like it was an accident, not an intentional overdose, but it was. Yes, they're they're connected in the sense that yes, this may have triggered her use, but that she was likely a much heavier user than anyone in her life had any idea was going on. And Patton right. kind of talks about that and stuff. So it's not, it's like, it's very chicken and egg a little bit, because they kind of talk about how she comes from a an addictive family and that there's more there that that it may not be as straightforward as like she got the case got to her, but she was buried very, they do talk about insomnia, they talk about nightmares about uh her ability to process the things that she was starting to deal with yeah. on a day-to-day basis like those are all definitely heavily connected but the pill usage may have already been possibly Got going it. on at that point it's very weird they kind of like they don't really get into it super heavy but yes it is connected in a way but yes for those reasons like as a person you shouldn't be able to process i mean like processing the things that she was deal this guy was a absolute monster level like next level serial killer and
1: and he's still alive
0: he is still alive now he's in jail until he'll die seemingly yes but
1: But he's still he still exists i mean and i will say like somebody who's done a lot of work in true crime it is not good for your health your mental health it was um very easy to kind of pick and choose what you consume for what for me it was very easy to pick and choose what I consumed when I wasn't actually working on it,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: then when I started working on it and I couldn't choose, it got very difficult for me because I will say that like, you have to just consume all of it. And so yeah. with her doing this research and having all of this time in and all of this work in on this story, that she had to, she had to see, she had to see a lot of stuff that probably was really really bad for her.
0: yeah they 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 talk about how it's sort of a combination of like the stress from having to write a book and also what she was having to consume to write this book was like was really likely what caused all of the things because she got she got this like large document dump the last month that the book was due and then she started pulling like all-nighters and stuff and trying to go through all it really was just too much and and uh the publishers do talk about that they work were working with her. They gave her more time at that point when the documents showed. Her. They didn't go like timelines the same. Like they were like, yeah. yeah, let's extend it and stuff. But, yeah, a lot for any human I think to try to take in. But it I, I do want to stress though that like as much as this sounds very heavy, and it is heavy, it is a it is so artfully told and so clearly told through the eyes and and mouths of loved ones through the whole thing, where they're it, it's, it's not as cold or as heavy as I think some of these things tend to come off when they when you do true crime docs, because it's sort of the story of somebody's life and sort of the story of this true crime doc intertwined. It's, it's pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Now we can get on the lighter stuff, but I really did want to talk about it. Cause it was really something
1: special. I think at the end of the day, well, thank you have to check it out for sure. I have something lighter to talk about. Go for it. Um, I've been watching babysitters club on Netflix.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is
1: lighter, but it, but it deals with a lot of really big issues, which I think is really really fantastic. Um, it stars Elizabeth Silverstone. Sit, sit
2: on the baby, or do you not sit on the baby?
1: <laughs> I mean, that is the big question of the whole series. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you what they yeah. decide. Yeah. Um, so, Babysitters Club, for those who don't know, it's based on a series of books that came out, I guess in the eighties. Eighties, probably eighties, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, about a bunch of girls who come together to you know form a club where they provide babysitter um, services to their area. And so this is kind of like a new take on it, but they definitely bring back a lot of the old stuff too. Like what a, Claudia has a phone, like a landline in her house because <laughs> her older sister, who's like a total hacker, um, needed an upgrade on their internet. So they gave them a bonus landline and she <laughs> buys this vintage like clear light up phone Oh, yeah, um, off Etsy. Vintage. It's they talk (laughs) about it. They're like, it's 25 years old. Does it work? Um, Alicia Silverstone plays Christie's mom. Mark Evan Jackson's in it and he plays Marianne's dad.
0: I love Mark Evan Jackson.
1: Oh, he's wonderful, too, of course. And then my friend Jessica Eason is in it and she plays Don's mom. And so. Um, it's really exciting to like get to watch Jessica do something like this. Um, she's super talented and wonderful and, um, Don's mom. So Don's the one who's from California and her mom is like her, her aunt is like a witch or something. It's, it's great. And so there are a lot of nods to the original series, which I read, but I wasn't like a super fan, but there mm-hmm. are all these things that pop up, like the titles of the episodes, our titles of the books, um, and so it's great because it's like it's very nostalgic, but it's very modern. um one of the episodes, um one of the characters winds up babysitting for a kid who's trans and standing up for her, who's just this little girl who winds up like actually getting misgendered by a doctor and the te and the and the babysitter has to like stand up for her and it's mm. like stuff like that where you're just like, wow that that you know people are like our contemporaries are taking things and bringing them to this very like modern wonderful loving place i love the show i could i definitely recommend it cool that's awesome
2: that's very cool I love that they're modernizing, you know, the the plot lines from the original 80s books. Because it's amazing when you watch things from the 80s, whether it be children's programming or, you know, scripted scripted sitcoms and things like that, how incredibly awful some of them were with how they represent other human beings. Like, the number of, like, terrible Asian jokes in old 80s cartoons is, like, I, I cannot even, like watching it with my wife who's asian is like i i like she's like did that really just happen i'm like yeah this is like every kid's 80s cartoon has like that character it's terrible so i was
0: thinking about that because i was watching the old gi joe cartoons because they're running Mm -hmm. them on youtube and then i I have them all and the weird thing i was thinking about is that it's like actually a pretty diverse cartoon like there are black characters there's asian characters there's hispanic like there's there's like a rainbow of people on it but they treat them so like terribly and like tokenized. It's so weird. The things they will say while having this, like you think like when, if you just showed a picture of it, you'd be like, wow, they did a really good job of having like a multicultural show. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, it was just for jokes. Okay. Yeah, They <laughs> like, had, they had the diversity <laughs> for jokes.
1: Well, no. and that's a that's one of the things that was so pro- profound about this. It's like, you know, you have this little kid who's a trans character, yeah. you know, and they talk a lot about like, um, women's issues and and the girls like definitely are very f- feminist kids and it's 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 cool it's that's very cool. cool
2: very cool that's so on netflix yeah so this is like a netflix ad it's, it's a netflix episode. original oh, hey, well we started, we started
1: we started with disney and now it's netflix, netflix
0: well right. good news we're gonna end it with disney there we go <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh so Muppets Now launched on Disney Plus. Have you guys watched it at all? No. No, I have not. Well, y'all, it is the Muppets. What is it? It's Muppets. Um, But now. now. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> 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 it's very much the Muppets. It's segmented into little sketches. Um, and then there is a piece of it that is improvised. So it's it's usually somebody's there and then there's like two Muppets and then they're all interacting and it's like basically fully improvised, although Melissa and I think there were like cues that were kind of given, like, oh, we're going to say this at some point, you know, kind of thing. Cause there's things that happen, but you can tell it's improvised because people are rolling with jokes as well. Um, but it's super fun. I am, uh, I live in a Muppets world right now. My child is obsessed with Muppet babies, they play constantly in my house. Uh, and then there's another really cute series on Disney Plus called. Muppet Talks I think where it is a Muppet and then a child and they're talking to each other which is like fully improvised and they're just like the child's just reacting to the Muppet the whole time and it's super adorable she loves that one as well Um, but Muppets Now is like a little bit more aimed at at our generation kids could watch it easily without any issue but like the first guest is RuPaul the second guest is uh, I don't remember who the second guest was but they're like people from pop culture that adults watch not like You had me at RuPaul he's it's yeah that episode's wonderful uh he interacts with um with uh uh, Miss Piggy and Gonzo I believe and it's really truly beautiful and it's funny uh but um yeah it's super great they're short episodes it feels very much like the Muppets if you miss the Muppets and you used to watch them growing up as I did this injects them right back into your life in a really wonderful way um so definitely check it out I think there's only two or three episodes out right now Uh, but there's not much to say about it other than it's pretty great and that's why i'm going to sneak in my other thing that i watched that i forgot to put down here which was palm springs on hulu did you guys watch this no
1: i I guessed that that was the other original there that you watched and i haven't seen it yet it's so freaking good it's it's so so good good.
2: it is fantastic did you watch it ash i did i did see it it was really good man i love andy sandberg i love lonely island i think it's great
0: christina miliotti is amazing in it like it's truly what is she from I am uh, so she's the, she's the real mom on How I Met Your Mom. Oh, okay. Or I not the said. real mom. She's the sort of the real. She's the mom. She's one of the moms. She's one the of, mom. Yeah. One of the moms on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, and then she's also, she was in Once, I believe, on Broadway. And then she was in something else after How I Met Your Mother and pre this. But uh, she's, great. she's great. She's
2: really great in this. Yeah.
0: So if you haven't watched Palm Springs, you don't know anything about it. It is a movie sort of. I don't know if I want to spoil anything. Don't in it. It's, spoil
1: it. Just say it's a movie that you should watch.
0: It's a movie you should watch. It's a really, really fun story. It's not hard to watch. things. it's an hour and a half long. It made me remember like my favorite kind of 90s movies. Uh, it sits somewhere between a comedy and a drama in a re- or like a black comedy, a dark comedy and drama in a really wonderful way. And I, I really like, I went into it not, thinking i was like eh. i mean i like andy samberg and i like christina miliotti but i wasn't like i'm gonna love this movie i just kind of like threw it on because melissa was doing something and i had an hour and a half to kill and then i was like it's good completely it's really hooked good. on it it's so J.K. good simmons is in it too and he's J.K. always simmons. Oh, I good love oh, J.K. so K. fantastic simmons. he's so good They're, really there's a bunch of casts that are wonderful in it but it's uh you should everybody should go watch it. it's on hulu uh it's also not 30 dollars it's free um yeah. but, <laughs> Uh, you and Hulu's owned by it. Disney So really we kept our Disney promotions going there
2: There we there go. You go Well that was awesome uh, Thanks Mylin for coming to hang out
1: Thanks for having me This was
2: a, this was a good one uh, Where can people find you on the internet If you want people to find you on the internet
1: I mean of course The internet is the best place ever You can find <laughs> me on Twitter At B. That's M-I-E-L-L-Y-N-B Tweet me and say Hi if you, if you had to this...
2: describe what your tweets are like, like a flavor of ice cream, what would you say your tweets <sighs> are like? Pistachio. Okay, good. Yeah, everyone give Mylan a follow. She's amazing. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, Matt, do you want to put yours in here? or do you? Sure. Want... Yeah, go ahead. It's Matt history. One word. Matt's actually very funny. I don't tell him that enough. He's very funny on the old Twitter, so oh, give him a follow great. there. You don't think I'm funny? you're funny, but you're you're more pistachio funny, and Matt's more rocky road funny, but
0: also to be clear, he said Matt's actually very funny, implying that in any other <laughs> setting, I am not at all. <laughs> He's like, contrary to what you hear on this podcast, Matt's actually very funny on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love
2: you guys um you can follow us at NerdAppropriate on twitter as well or shoot us an email nerds at nerdappropriate.com uh we did some interviews the past couple of weeks one with amy acker yeah. and uh one with the, the kids from shipwreck comedy so go back and check those out and of course there's a backlog of 400 other episodes to listen to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and uh we will probably be back next week with some more stuff we'll probably yeah. watch and I think good Scott
0: one. Scott would join me in saying this that Ash has been keeping this thing chugging along by doing these interviews and getting some stuff out there. So, Thanks, man. props to Ash for for you know putting in the work to get people excuse. on. It's not easy. It's not. These but... people aren't coming to us saying like, "Come can I do your podcast tomorrow?" <laughs> That's true. They do not. <laughs> you gotta go find them. That happens for a people. While. You have to.
1: You have to... You have to make the mistake of texting Ash about something else entirely <laughs> and him saying, hey, would you do the show this Ash, week?
0: Here's the beautiful. I'm going to behind the scenes <laughs> this real quick at the tail end of this episode. Oh. Ash did not give anyone the option as to when this podcast would happen. No, <laughs> He wrote me and he goes, I'm podcasting at nine on Wednesday. Are you going to do it? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man.
2: I would have ended up talking to myself. smart.